This is a HeadGum Original. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Stella, to throw some shade. Kiki with the gaze. It's time to drag her. Time to drag her. Oh, oh, that was powerful. Okay, I am going to get right into this because I'm very excited. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Drag Her, the internet's only fucking resource to talk drag race. We're so excited to be the heavy head holding that crown. I am Mono Gapian. I am joined today by a legend, icon, comedian, writer, actor. Um, I'm going to say gay genius. Gay genius. Um, very honored to have Guy Branham with us. Thank you, Mono. Good to be here. You are too generous in your words. It's very exciting to get time with you because generally, gay comedy, you have to spend far too much time with other gay people. But because I I am a stand-up and you are like an improviser sketch person, my my primary exposure to you is at birthday parties. (laughs) Yeah, the gay Venn diagram (laughs) of we're gay friends. We're gay friends and you're gay friends. I love that. I love that we can bump into each other. And I was actually just listening to you talk on Nicole's podcast about that, the stand-up improv, that the sort of, um, it's it's, it's almost like a, a witch in the uh, wardrobe style door that once yes. you enter, you cannot come back from and never the twain shall meet. Nothing has ever made me angrier than the first time I saw uh, Nicole Byer do stand up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how can she be good at this? She hasn't yeah. been working at this for 10 years. Um, I was she, very angry, but then just delighted. She gets it. She's fan fucking tastic. And she's very also good. someone who's, um, dare I say, bored by her genius. <laughs> like, she's like, well, you just do it this way and that way and this way. And it's like, yeah, but how, how, yeah, but that, not everyone knows that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, you're fantastic. I am a big fan of, I mean, so many things you've done, Guy, especially, I mean, a million things, but Q Force you wrote on. And I need to talk about it briefly because I think it was such a good show and I'm guessing we're not getting any more, unfortunately. No, it was um, the, like, people didn't show up for Q4s. It was a really funny show that was created by um, Gabe Liedman and Mike Schur. Love. And um, Love it was, Gabe. like, uh, a, a queer, like, spy show with uh, Wanda Sykes and Sean Hayes and Matt Rogers. So funny. And, it was so fun, and the room was like really, really funny, mostly queer comics, and just uh, a really good time. And it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And we, Zachary, who we both know, worked yes, on that. Love um, Zachary. There was an extended um, uh, Princess Diaries parody, and um, genius. People did not show up for it. People, here's what it we was... here's here's the kind of gay programming that we like: gay people who are sad 
or gay teenagers who stare at each other and never touch each other's genitals. Right. I am confused because, you know, the gay audience is so fickle. Um, we're really fickle and yes. sometimes for good reason. Like the controversy around Dahmer happening right now, I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of here for the controversy where I'm like, let's, yes, let's make sure we're not glorifying this monster. Yes. Um, but also go support queer as fuck on Peacock. I, uh, <laughs> yes. go support shows like that, that the gay audience always doesn't show up for. Right. Um, this weekend people are busy, uh, not going and seeing the thing is, is like, do you bros. wait? No, no. People are going to see bros. But also, but it is, it's more, I think, gay people are showing up to see bros, but it's it's mostly just like, if only straight people could learn to like watch something not about themselves, then all yeah. of these things, whether it's Q-Force or Queer as Folk or whatever, um, could have a lot more life to them. God knows we showed up to Don't Worry, Darling. I um, mean, <laughs> we show up to all their shit. I mean, but that's what makes us, quite frankly, so fluent in pop culture is we show up for their stuff. We we learn the intricacies of their comedy. They don't learn the intricacies of ours. No. I mean, the thing is, is Drag Race really is the big exception to that. Drag Race really mm-hmm. has taught uh, a generation of straight ladies working at banks. Uh, <laughs> they are allowed to use the words, you know. Faggot. Read, read and shade and faggot. Yes, let me deposit your check, faggot. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's really kooky. Um, I know it's like the straight women, I would say they're our friend nine times out of ten, except for when they get on stage, you know, during the drag number. Yes. Like, that ability to understand that the gay bar is a wonderful place for you, but it is not about you at all times, Mm -hmm. um, is a really rough journey for, as you're saying, like 10% of straight women. I would say 90% of straight women are just like, Nobody's trying to grope me. All right. I can handle the bartender not paying attention to me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's um usually a very pleasant, a very pleasant time. And I got, I just got to say, bros, bros just came out. We're going to watch it. Um, The reviews are in. They're very, very, very positive. So tell us a little bit more about that so that we can go consume it twice, thrice, and more. Bros is a really, really funny comedy um, that was uh, directed by the guy who directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Neighbors. It was produced by Judd Apatow. Mm -hmm. So it had sort of like the resources to have lots of jokes in it, to be really, really funny. Um, And it's got a great all-queer cast that's led by Billy Eigner, who co-wrote it, Um, Luke McFarlane, who is this like really great actor who's really fucking hot, who, because Mm -hmm. he came out of the closet when he was like in 2008, um, he never really got to have much of a career outside of Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. And so he's in this, but also like Dot Marie Jones from Glee, Jim Rash from Community. um, Amazing. T.S. Madison. Um, I mean. Yes. Um, like, just having... T- I saw like, Deborah Messing is in it. I haven't I, seen it yet. Yes. Deborah Messing has probably the best lines of the entire movie. It's, <laughs> it's truly great. Um, no, it was really it was really fun having an entirely queer cast, and Billy worked so hard to both cast, like, queer people, you know, like Amanda Bierce from Married with Children mm-hmm. or Harvey Firestein, but then to find so much talent that I hadn't heard of before. Like, there's this girl named uh, Allison Reese who just got a job writing for Corden. She's moving to town. But she's such a funny sketch performer. And truly, like, I'm a stand-up comedian. 
like my acting extends to standing in one place and saying jokes in a character who is essentially just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching Allison Reese slay uh, a scene from five different directions with these amazing sketch like and character skills <laughs> was truly awesome to behold. I love it. Did it make you as mad as an improviser good at stand up? Did it make you no, furious? No, truly nothing, nothing. makes me as mad <laughs> as somebody who's never done stand up before and is an improviser <laughs> and then they show up to stand up and are very good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see it and I'm so excited you're in it. How cool is it for you? Like, you've been doing this a long time but like you're in a big studio movie. Like, how was that for you being like, I'm a huge part of a big studio movie and I am, uh, as you talk about in your stand-up, a body-diverse, unique, queer person. Well, that was the part that made it difficult. Look, it was good. It was exciting to be part of this movie. I wasn't just in it. I'm also a co-producer. I'm really proud of it. But, but... We live in a world where the little gay boys, when they show up to any sort of event, are, you know, wearing some ridiculous little outfit um, Mm -hmm. that is half Zara, half pectoral muscle. And, (laughs) you know, like, I can't show up to the fight in that way. And so uh, I had to find the good and capable stylist who had taken care of me on my talk show. You can't wear that netting with one metal ring and have all the gay blogs be like, work! No, uh, they would be like, like one gay blog would be work. And then a thousand gay boys on Twitter would be like, what the fuck is his problem? Uh Um, But uh, I just had to hand a huge pile of money to the stylist from uh, my talk show and say, make me something ridiculous. And she showed up and she did the job. I saw your midsummer look. Was Was it a purposeful midsummer nod or was it just like extravaganza? I mean, to say that we were not working in the tradition of midsummer or Fran Drescher showing up to the Golden Globes would be inappropriate. <laughs> but I I was just like florals for fall. <laughs> florals, groundbreaking. Um, I live. That's really fun. Yeah, well, I'm, I really appreciate that. And that's cool. I didn't know you were a producer as well. Of course you were. You've been, you've been doing this shit for a while. So that's really exciting. But it's also, Mono, the thing of like, it's a little bit the Cinderella mindset of like you don't get to be in anything unless you're you're doing ha- like girl a, a decent portion of the work to make it happen. Hundred like, percent. As you know, we have to make projects for ourselves, and I, this one I was really lucky because Billy and Nick did so much of the work, and then I just got to come in at the last minute and pitch some jokes. But yeah. so much of the time, like if you're a gay person and you're not performing the role of secretary, it is not something that somebody else wrote for you. Yeah, you're so well said. And like like we know from Stonewall the movie, um, (laughs) they they would really rather give it to the tiniest snatch gaze imaginable, even when it's rewriting history. I mean, why should a gay director or producer make a gay movie if not to uh, find um, young, attractive men and make them owe you a favor. Like, <laughs> let's be honest about while we're in, why we're in this business, you know? Tale as old as time. It's um, just to fill the pool with good things. I mean, you know, it's like the more you learn about old Hollywood, the more you realize it is a part of our tradition. It is not... <laughs> It's not new. I the was it called Hollywood the um yeah the, the Ryan Murphy yeah. series. It was really interesting because there was so much of that show that I thought was terrible. I hated its strange wish fulfillment <laughs> of if only women gays had tried back in the day, they uh-huh. might have been able to do it. Yeah. But it was also but also 
getting to think about and realize that George Cukor was having pool parties every weekend. And yeah. that it was a magical place for a queer person, for a, a queer cis white man to there we go. Uh, find himself in 1951. Right. Or, you know, a, a straight guy who will will allow to play gay. You know, any of those. Oh, um, you know who Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall is, right? Yes! Scott g- gave me an earful the other day about how the two letters we really need to be including in the acronym are T and H for trade and hags. And he was talking about <laughs> all of the work that all the work that straight men who are willing to have sex for money have contributed to our community. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yes, it's um, they, they fuel our fantasies and our homophobia. So yes. shout out to them. <laughs> I'm such a shout out to them. Well, I mean, f- fantasy, and, fantasy and homophobia really are the twin engines of gay male culture. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, that's why you want to talk about shame. I'm realizing how big shame is in like yes. gay sex. And like, obviously we, we, we our first experiences are, are colored with shame and like being like, I can't love this thing that makes me come. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think gay, se- gay sex, and I should say gay porn is driven by taboo um, because it's like that, our, pr- our like primitive, our form sex experiences were shame. So it's like, now we have to fuck our stepdad. Um, yes. Like, or have a nice young man explain to us how straight he is before he masturbates for our benefits. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, well, I could talk to you about everything forever, but I guess we should start talking about Drag Race. Um, um, please. Oh, I, it's so easy for me to fall behind on uh, Drag Race, especially with the proliferation these days. And oh I really, appre- I really appreciated this excuse to just get into UK, get yeah. caught up, and have a thing that I can talk to gay guys about. It's a good fucking season. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say it. It's like, look, we watch too much Drag Race, and sometimes you're like, I'm sorry, this is a stinker. It's not even shade to the talent, but sometimes seasons don't happen. This one's already happening for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, like, usually it takes me a couple of uh, episodes to really sort of like fall in love. But by the end of the first episode, like, Baby and Cheddar had truly captured me. Yeah. And I also feel like um, the, the, these two episodes for me were just about like two pretty faces trying to show us who could back up the pretty face. And yes. I loved the journey. That's what I love. I love seasons like this where there's like eight heavy hitters. Like there's eight girls in this cast that I'm like, she could win. She could Mm -hmm. win. As opposed to watching like the top two kind of like, well, it's her. It's them or them, you know? Yeah. It's going to well, be interesting. I feel, like, I feel like for Drag Race, you, uh, for American Drag Race now, they go into it with a solid sense of who's going to win. They they go in knowing who the Bob is. Right. And it's less fun. There's been a lot of that these past seasons. I think like the last season that was a surprise was season 11, I guess, with Evie oddly winning. Yes. I guess that was. But then after that, it was just like winner, winner, winners across yeah. the board. Um, I don't know. I felt like. I guess I'm gonna say Jada, uh, uh, Simone, and now with Willow Pill, those were all just like, oh, that's the winner. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have to say, like, I, for me, it like Willow was a surprising amount of emergence. Uh-huh. You know, like I did not feel like it was a foregone conclusion at the beginning. She did kind of sneak up there. She kind of snuck, yeah. snuck, snuck, and she, that was her whole narrative, which was a pretty impressive narrative of like, I'm gonna let them think I'm shit yeah. by coming in in the ug, the most geniusly ugly outfit in workroom <laughs> herstory. With that angle outfit. Okay. So, yeah, I'm really loving these girls. They're coming back from the first ep. Um, Of course, we just had a a, a little lip sync off with Miss Dakota Schiffer. Can you believe how much a Manson family member she is? (laughs) Can you even? (laughs) What do you mean a Manson family member? She's just serving me Manson family. Just like, I mean, I think she's literally said Sharon Tate is an inspiration. Oh, really? I I think she said that. I heard her say something about it. Um, But no, like she really is. I did not think she had that in her when it came to the lip sync. Like I was really surprised that she was able to turn it on to that extent. Um, Like I felt sorry for just May because I felt like just May had so much potential, but that truly was a lackluster lip sync and no one deserves to survive a lackluster lip sync. They sure don't. I mean, she was, you want to talk about midsummer. I felt (laughs) like she was on the pounding block, like immediately they were like, Oh, she's, she's dead. But, uh, like, I really thought, especially with that, like, sad little look um, that uh, Dakota had um, for the (laughs) runway in episode one, I was like, this is not somebody who came to Drag Race. And then that lip sync proved it. And then this whole episode was like... The, that young lady truly growing in my estimation. That charisma, I'm real. I'm already buying her charisma, and it's yeah. like very effortless to me. Um, but maybe that's a British, maybe that's a stereotype. But a lot of these British performers, I'm just like the charisma is just dripping off of them. Well, and I also just assume every drag queen under 25 is just an Instagram queen who's right. truly never done anything other than beat a perfect face. Sure. I, and which that this episode will have some yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very interesting yeah she's she's proving it otherwise i agree with what you said um yeah i'm very excited because now we have our girl group challenge second episode girl group challenge what a treat do you enjoy a girl group challenge? Almost always. Almost always. And sometimes, you know, which we'll get to it, sometimes, you know, it's a little, the tropes of here's the choreo rehearsal and here's the recording rehearsal. Sometimes those tropes are a little tired to me. I truly hate them all having to write their own verse. It's uh-huh. never good. I think I always <laughs> like a challenge that is something I understand better. Uh-huh. Like, I like a nice acting challenge. I like a nice comedy challenge. Um, Snatch. I'm sure you love Snatch Game. Of course I love Snatch Game. Like, Snatch Game is the best. And also, like, the Jinx Monsoon reminded us how yes. good it can be. Yes. Um, so wonderful. But uh, I did really enjoy this this girl group challenge, but primarily just because choreography is hard. And oh, my God. And it really is men from the boys – uh, or they's um, mm-hmm. when uh, um, <laughs> it, it comes to just like, do you have performance skills? Are you somebody who has had to earn a living off of this? Or are you somebody who knows how to look pretty? Right. And I, mm, it's so interesting, right? Cause it's like when I, it's, I feel that bittersweet justice when someone beautiful can't perform. I'm yes. like, okay, 
karma the cosmic balance exists i don't know if it's god or karma but there's balance in this world um and and then when you see when you see a pretty girl slay when you see a big girl slay and you're like you've had to work like you worked so hard or just didn't take the opportunity to not work like i respect it so much when it feels like somebody has been struggling and learning this craft for an extended period of time Right. Sometimes you have to accept the opposite, which is someone is like, oh, like a black pepper or a baby yeah. in this challenge where it's like, oh, they're good at everything. No, it, like it truly like I fell in love with baby properly during Ugh. this challenge because it was like she is serving. Oh, she's so fucking good. Well, and we're going to get into our opinions on the team formation. But first, silence. I feel like taking a break. Hi, listeners. Here to tell you about a very important organization called Al Otro Lado, which helps to reunify families which have been ripped apart due to our country's cruel border policies. As you know, since 2018, many people have been suffering through these policies, which have taken children away from their parents. And Al Otro Lado is working to reunify families. They've already reunified over 100 refugee families and they create legal and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the United States and Tijuana. We want you to get involved today. Help me support Al Otro Lado and donate today. You can find the link to donate to Al Otro Lado in the description of this episode below or go to gum.fm slash charity and donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. That's A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O dot org slash volunteer. Yum, 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 yum. I like to eat food, but you know, it's hard. Let's be real. Food is confusing and it happens three times a day. You want me to cook three? I'm offended. I'm aghast. I'm agog. Uh, the gall, the gumption, the nerve, the audacity, and the cheek, all of it. I don't like it. But now I'm calm because I use Factor Meals. Factor Meals are available in just two minutes. They come right to my door and they have really popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, Vegan, Veggie. You can get any kind of delicious meal delivered to your door. I love them. I've been using them for over a year, way before I started talking about them on the podcast. They help me feel full, satiated. Uh, it, there's no mess. It, it, it comes never frozen. It's always fresh. It's my favorite meal solution. I've said it a million times. I come home after a night of hanging or dancing and I eat a factor meal. Like to me, that's the ultimate endorsement. These meals are so yummy that I'm able to kick a craving for a much naughtier meal and come home and eat something I know will be good for my body. So head to factormeals.com slash dragher50 and use code dragher50 to get 50% off your first month plus... 20% off your next month. That's a lot of money. That's code DRAGHER50 at factormeals.com. Go, get into it. Factormeals.com slash DRAGHER50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. <sighs> Br- 
bring back my break. We're back with Guy. We're about to talk the drama of girl group casting. But first, I want to know, Guy, who is like, do you have a favorite winner or season of Drag Race? Oh, my favorite winner is Jinx. And yeah. I think, like, I really appreciated um, All Stars, All Winners because I had always been like, was it just errata that... Um, like was it just a, a randomness that Jinx was able to win a season because it is mm-hmm. such a weird set of skills like um, Malambo number five being the one lip sync she had to do for her life feels like yeah. the producers giving it to her and seeing her destroy like that so great I also have to say big place in my heart for Evie Oddly um, yeah like truly like knows how to destroy a stage what about yeah. you yeah, oh my god, favorite winner ever? Oh, that's hard. Jinx is up there. Mm, I might say Bianca Del Rio, weirdly enough. Yeah. I just love her. She's so funny. And she kind of like originated that um that archetype of drag race. That, like I guess Bob and Bianca are kind of give me that same thing of like, I'm the best. Uh, I'm very good. I'm happy to help out the other girls because I'm not bothered. Well, the thing is it's like it- the ones I said are my favorites, but it's like, who do I respect most? Who would I put in any situation and say, like, they can handle it? Fucking Bob the Drag Queen. Fucking yeah. Bob the Drag Queen is good at his goddamn job. I always say Bob or Alyssa, or those are like, what? those are my favorite drag race contestants ever. Yeah. Well, um, Alyssa, I've, I've been on such a journey with Alyssa because I tend to like drag queens who are fundamentally in control of their instruments <laughs> and Alyssa so perfectly rides the line of being in control <laughs> and not being in control of her instruments. Oh my God. And it's I like Jean Grey. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> truly, it truly is. But the dark fetus, mo- the dark Phoenix moments <laughs> are the funniest moments, you know? Exactly. Back rolls. Bla- back rolls is a moment where she was, she was not in control and it yes. was perfect. Yeah. I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, the drama of picking the girl groups. You know, we have our two groups. We have sort of like, you know, we have the classic division. We have the like lookier, uh, more dance-focused queens. And then we kind of have a hodgepodge of queens on the other side. Going into yeah. this, what do you think? Um, well, it just comes down to, I liked that all of the girls hated Coppertop. Because there's no one <laughs> I hate more on this season than Coppertop. I feel like... <laughs> His comedy sensibility is bad, and he goes at it really hard. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I was impressed that he was able to bump the 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 ball with his boob on the first episode, but I've uh-huh. truly seen nothing from him that didn't make me want to roll my eyes. Damn. Um, and so I liked that he was the last chosen. Um, yeah, the most I, exciting thing he does this episode is flirt with the other kind of gingery gentlemen. Yes. They're like they're gonna have a ginger cum fest, which good for them. But I did feel I did feel um, like Pepper's team went into it a little smug, honestly. They did, they did, and hubris fails many Greeks as well as drag queens. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that was the whole, the edit was setting up like it was just they were setting us up to like oh yeah they're they're riding high. I still yeah. thought they were gonna win, but they did not. Yeah. How much do you buy that, or do you think it's a little bit of production magic throwing the uh, the popular kids off their game? I mean, like, production magic is their job. I completely mm-hmm. respect that. But also, those girls could not lip sync with their own goddamn words. That and always blows me away. Yeah. 
It happens all the time too. I know. It's like, but, but also, can you think ahead enough to understand that you're going to have to relip sync to this? And I feel like so much of Drag Race is learning how good of producers these girls are, because mm-hmm. like. To be a drag queen is fundamentally to have to be a producer because you're having to create moments that nobody's seen before and like think about them from every angle. And you do it right, it's magic. And if you do it wrong, it's hibernating butterflies on your wrists. (laughs) And I just feel like there's a fundamental failure of not thinking two hours ahead of time and just Uh understanding like, let me give me, give myself something I can lip sync to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very well said. And it's like the Queens, you have to know what you are bringing and do it. Obviously it's like, uh, there's a lot of ways to go by about it, but a lot of times people are like, I am comedy and I will do comedy or I am puss and I will do puss. The key is knowing what you can really deliver and delivering it. Uh huh. Um, And it's, and it's why I do like these challenges that are just like, whoever you are, you're going to have to sing and dance. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have to learn what your version of singing and dancing is. Um, and I thought, like, Danny was a really good example of, you know, he's got that low growl of a voice. Uh-huh. Like, this is not his territory, but mm-hmm. he went after it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to watch and it was cool because I'm, I'm very much enjoying Danny's journey of like, obviously we have a bearded queen and I, I'm, I'm ready for the judges to go, bleh, yuck, we don't yeah. like it, be prettier. Um, but they haven't yet. So I'm, and I'm, I'm very charmed by Danny's aesthetic. Yeah. No, I mean, it, like, it's, it's real cute and it's hot at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Michelle understands you don't do that. You don't yell at Danny about that until episode five. Like yeah. these first episodes are for telling just may you can do more than Jerry Hollowell before you get rid of just may before she has a chance to do anything other than Jerry Hollowell. Do you, I agree. How much do you feel? Um, like uh, that, like, okay, let's be real. We, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, like drag race can be sizest and yeah. it oftentimes big girls are just doomed. Like, I mean, the thing is, is I, I think that there are just fewer and different paths. And I think like, uh, just may wasn't showing the capacity for those paths. Like, that the just may could not show up for that lip sync is fundamentally the problem. I don't think she yeah. would have gone if she had shown up for that. Um, yeah. And that's what's rough. But I think you have to be a particular kind of funny to mm-hmm. like get th- like I truly would be dazzled um, by s- some girl who is able to just do perfect beats and perfect looks and kind of fumble at the comedy challenges and be fat. Like I would be impressed to see that. I don't know if we'll ever see it. Yeah. I've always said, I know this will never happen, but I want to see like almost like a tribe season where it's like comedy, (laughs) comedy V beauty. And it's like almost like survivor two packs. Oh, that would make me so happy. Right. Well, well, my theory on their limited paths goes back to what Jeff Probst expects out of people on Survivor. Like, I feel like there are just fewer options for what a woman can do to win. Are you? Do you you love Survivor? I do. I'm not watching the current season yet, but I've seen a lot of Survivor. What is your favorite season? Um, My favorite winner is Sandra. 
Oh, of course. Queen yeah. stays queen. Queen stays queen. I like her approach and I like, I respond to that of like, she's like, I'm not going to be bullshit. I am going to be social. I'm going to be real, but I'm also going to manipulate a little bit. I mean, truly nobody's better at creating chaos. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite season or winner? Oh, Sandra is my favorite winner. And my favorite season is season 13 when they divided people by race. race. It it's was a race season. It was so gross, but it also created more fucking superstars of Survivor than any other season. Oh That's where God. we got Parvati. That's where we got Parvati. I need to go back and watch it. I've seen the first couple episodes of it and I just kept, my socks kept getting blown off and I can only oh, afford so many Hanes no. crew socks. It's, it's real rough. When they, give, when they give the survivors the opportunity to backstab their current team and only white people do it, uh, that was a chilling moment for me. But the other good thing about season 13 divided by race is because they had four tribes. That means extra hot guys. It was also the first time we had two hot guys who were gay guys, though both closeted, who did, then did hook up um, at the Ponderosa. So it's yeah. worth it to watch to just realize um, hot guy from the Asian team and hot guy from the Latino team um, uh, ended up having sex, which is fun to think about. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fantastic for me. Yes. I will say, I mean, I'm, we, we can, I like that Survivor is starting to confront this, but like one of the scariest things to Survivor about me is that white people protect white people. Yeah. And you, you in countless seasons, white people protect white people. And I think oftentimes subconsciously eliminate yeah. POC. So I'm, I'm glad that like they were finally having that conversation like in the season with Marianne. Yeah. I mean, it's though I never like having that conversation be presided over by Jeff Probst. Like, um, that's never fun. I know. I know. <laughs> Did I freeze? Kind of fucked. Kind of fucked indeed. Oh, oh sorry. It's okay. Internets. Um, yes. okay. Whatever. Kathy Dennis is here. What a laugh. Um, she's amazing songwriter. Great. I liked her tips. I liked your tips. I thought she was really cute. I thought, I mean, the question with anyone who is coaching them is how gently condescending are you going to be? Because they're not going right. to get it. Um, and it's always interesting <laughs> to watch people like people we know who are comics coach them through uh, a stand up challenge or something like that, because it's like they're not really going to get it and you can't write jokes for them. So what are you going to do? Right. That is um, an interesting thing is like do what the best with what you can. But it's cool that we're having the conversation. At least people are aware of now. Like I can't just write slay it down and take the crown. I'm the queen. Everyone frown. Like you have to do more than that now. Yeah. I, I mean, it is really unfortunate that they don't show up with a stronger sense. I mean, being a drag queen is about literally having a brand. You separate your identity from this brand identity and that a lot of them don't have a stronger sense about it when it comes to challenges like this. It's like you have to be prepared for this as much as you need to have uh, a Snatch Game character re ready, you know? Yeah, you know this one's coming. Yeah, you know it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, you should probably just have eight bars tucked away probably yeah. more but you should have i feel like you can just come with eight bars knowing you're going to use them at some point right um, um anything interesting in the recording or choreo tidbit like i said it's a tried and true trope is there anything that stuck out to you during this I mean, not really. I always find the verses that they put together a little bit trite. More than anything, <laughs> um, Copper Top 
like brought it when recording his verse and I didn't like that though it did make <laughs> me respect him a little bit more yeah yeah, it was interesting to get the edit because Copper Top, look, I I, uh, I, I, I had, there are some queens you just make your bed with, like, I'm, I'm, uh, if they go home, I'll be okay. Yes. Like, and I think Copper Top is trying, but I think this season is loaded with superstars. So it's like Copper Top does come to mind of like, she's on the chopping block, right? I have to say one thing about the choreo that was interesting is I really liked that they did this challenge second episode because the queens did not have a good sense of each other. And like when it comes to choreography, it is such a like having to work together, but also having to like know and trust that somebody is going to work hard and try. Mm -hmm. And like, I just think that this, this team, uh, baby's team was so interesting or peppermints. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Pepper's team was so interesting mm-hmm. because you had two queens who were good at the job and were serving it up who did not yes. realize that the girls they were with weren't going to work as hard as they would. Yes, yes, that was interesting because um, yeah, we didn't even know. I mean, I, I knew Starlet was in trouble because she was she she fell asleep during the first episode, but yeah. I would have put her in the bottom in the first episode as well. Uh, I mean, that's also a classic trope. She's so gorgeous, though. And she's I, sickening. I, other people are disgusted by it. I love how much RuPaul falls in love with people's auditions. Like, <laughs> I love how much RuPaul falls in love with people's potential. And you really want, and there are always those young, pretty girls who do have it inside of them, who do have yeah. something, you know, m- like, Pearl had more inside of her than I thought she did. Yes. Um, but like you, you keep wanting that opportunity for it to come out in Starlight. And it's like at the end of the day, um, you know, it's an attractive 23 year old gay boy. He's not going to try that hard. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think they're very attractive and um, you know, for whatever reason, they really don't get the, the stagecraft, uh, uh, the performance of drag. I mean, and maybe, you know, I mean, imagine how gorgeous they look on a music video and pictures, but we need some more stage performance. Which is why I, I truly loved this episode, the way that it essentially pit Starlet and Dakota against each other uh-huh. and was like, which of the young girls has it in them? And these moments yeah. where you got to see Dakota talk about her life and her journey were so wonderful because you understand that like there is it while she is gorgeous and wants to be a gorgeous little model. Mm-hmm. She also has something to say and a perspective. Yeah, it was very cool. And usually I think twins are disgusting, um, but she changed my mind a little bit. Anytime I find out that somebody gay ha- or, or queer has um, a queer sibling, I always uh, say to them, you're poor parents. Oh, and, um, and Guy, I, I have the same story. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. Oh, I just, I realize now it's a hate crime, but to me, it's a hilarious little joke. Your Guy, poor parents I had, had to do the with- same thing happen to me. What do you mean? In college, I was trying to be funny and I met gay twins and I said to them, oh my God, does your mom cry herself to sleep every night? (laughs) And they did not think it was funny. Anytime I find out that somebody has uh, 
a sibling who is also gay or like I just met somebody and they have two siblings who are also gay. Uh, it's to me like when somebody and their sibling goes to the same college, I'm like, how did that happen? How did you guys mm-hmm. both end up here? Yeah. It's sick. I don't know. It's twisted. It, I'll say yes. it. I don't like twins. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like twins. I don't trust it. So let's do you, go. Do you find the, do you find the concept of twins hot in any way? Oh God, let me think about it. Twins. Do I think twins are hot? I don't know. I think I used to. I think a younger version of me was like, whoa, hot gay twins. But I think I've gotten over that. The first thing I downloaded off of the internet to use for personal purposes was a black and white still photograph of a pair of twins who later did uh, an Old Navy commercial. Shut the fuck up. That's fascinating. Okay, send they, that to me. They, <laughs> they had it scrubbed from the internet. They had uh, they had all of the ones that involved wieners scrubbed from the internet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's really fucking funny. Yeah, I am. Um, do I think twins are hot? Why is this breaking my brain? No, I think I find like sleepover pals hotter than twins. Okay. You know, I like the sort of like, wait, am I gay? Am I gay is hotter to me than twins. Yes. Yeah. So let's go and talk babies group. We already said it. Great. Oh, they have powerhouses inside the group, but they are absolutely not in sync. Yeah. Do you blame the choreo or the hubris? What do you think the problem was? I think it was just work ethic on the part of some of the queens. I mean, like... Truly, Starlet giving so little to the choreography is just reflective <laughs> of this person is not a performer. They have not thought about how performance works. Yeah. Um, the other two queens just not having the lyrics down really was frustrating. And I also thought that they just didn't have as interesting or risky a look. Like, I really liked the look uh, um, that... Uh, what was it? Something, something bones. What was their name? Oh God. Bones, bag of bones. Uh, well, it'll come up house of bones, bones, rolling bones. I just like that. This team called themselves triple threat, but there are five of them. I thought, uh, Rue would be really much more impressed by that. Yeah. I like that. They make fun of it in the lyrics. Yeah. I, it, it was, it, it did kind of perfectly underline the dissonance between, uh, what they thought they were giving versus what they did give. Yeah. But no, just like baby seems like such a professional during this performance. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I, I like that this episode, you really saw the cracks in Sminty. Um, yes. You know, it's, it's like, she's gorgeous. She's tall. She understands exactly one look for herself. And um, I do think RuPaul saved her from the bottom two after she's, She's told them, I am not a performer, but you know, Rue loves a, a, let's say, let's call it a nineties co-core kind of Uh the kind of the nineties co-core look. She loves, she loves skinny. Let's not, we're not going to lie. RuPaul loves skinny. They're not going to put her at risk of going home just yet. Um, and uh, like the Irish guy, like, I think he's really fun. Um, Mm -hmm. John Burrs, John Burrs Blonde. Uh, like I was surprised that he didn't do better because he seemed like somebody I know, like, you know, and, and he ate it up in the, in the uh, lip sync. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it's the pressure. It's that shitty thing. We all know it of like when it rehearse you, when you rehearse it, it's one thing when you're on the day, sometimes the nerves can knock you off. Yes. I, I have so much respect for the ways that pepper failed, 
because Pepper did get lost in just too many words sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like to me, that was a young lady who was trying to give her all on the second episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like, I don't think you go home for that. You know, I don't either. Yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, it's you, you get she gave too many options. She yeah. gave the multiple choice. And well, and truly the whole time was giving us acrobatics while giving us, you know, multiple choice lyrics. Um, it was great. It was really good. It was uh, it was really fantastic. Ooh, well, guess what? We're going to talk about the second group performing Come Alive. Uh, but first, silence, guy. I feel like taking a break. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are you seeing some triggering ads on social media? Stuff about summer bodies, stuff about the diet cleanse, stuff about trimming down. Fuck that noise. That stuff is triggering for me, and I assume it's triggering for someone else listening. That's why I use BetterHelp. BetterHelp allows me to get in touch with a licensed professional therapist who can help me recharge, who can help me de de crap my brain because those negative images and slogans can really creep in and give me negative body talk. You know what I mean? Any form of negative self-talk that is traumatic for me. And um, thankfully, I'm using these tools and being honest about them and articulating them in a way that takes the power away from them. If you're thinking about therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. That's how I found my personal therapist. I found my sweet spot with BetterHelp. So go visit BetterHelp.com slash drag her today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash drag her. Go find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <gasps> Bring back 
back, my break. We are back. And oh my God, this moment was actually pretty interesting. This like, this like bickering moment right after. There's nothing like people going from thinking they did a good job to realizing <laughs> they should start blaming each other. Like I really, <laughs> yes. it is a magnificent it's transformation. It's very survivor. It's a very yes. survivor of like, I stand by everyone on my team, but that bitch fucked up the puzzle. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Um, yeah, this was really intense and it was funny. I didn't expect baby to say like, I expect her to be like, it's fine. But instead she was like, I am upset. I am mad at you and Uh I can't believe you did that, but it's okay. And we're going to figure it out. But also you fucked up. Like, I just so cannot forgive barely trying at the choreography. And I realized that Starlet was in her head, terrified that she had the choreography wrong, but fucking do something with your limbs. <laughs> like, it, 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 like who other than a 23-year-old would think that that's an option? I how know. much? How much um, the queens of the bone age yes. fucking ate up this stage from the moment they came on? It's what you want to see. And it really was... Like Dakota came out so strong. I loved the little fur coat. Like it, it really was a star making moment for me. Right. And it's no shock that Starlet, that little bottom is used to being praised for laying there and doing nothing. Yes, Um, absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, go ahead. This performance did make me a little worried for LaFille that they would think just throwing everything is the answer to a challenging situation. They were, they were a little bit frenetic. Yes. They were a little bit frenetic. Yeah. I think you're right. It was, but, and I, I I think she is a great performer, but you're right. I did notice it was a little cuckoo cachoo. It was like the uh, Alyssa Edwards school of acting where it's just like bigger, more baby, bigger eyes. Like, I don't know if that's always the answer. I was like, I was really impressed with the fact that I was like cheddar being older, wiser, and feeling like they should be further along than the rest of these children. Are they going to be able to do a team challenge? And Cheddar fucking played as a good team member, and I respected it. And Coppertop was good. I I really liked Coppertop's look yeah. for this challenge. I love the hair. They were, I mean, they did, like, look cohesive as a group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like the, it's funny that like the super, and it's classic reality TV, superstars out of sync don't get as much praise as the, maybe the, the motley crew that, that is playing like a team. Yeah, absolutely. So this is interesting. Yeah. I really like everyone's performance. Uh, it was a pretty cute time. I do, we'll get to this, but the agitation of giving away six Rue Peter badges. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. Like- Rue's willingness to fuck with the decision making process like every time Rue fucks with um, uh, All Stars rules I love and like the fucked up economy of Rue Peter badges like wasn't there an episode last season or something where they like oh no it was on All Stars when they like got the power to give one to someone God, I I, I eat that shit up you you loved the this week three uh, you get three stars that whole thing I love it. Yeah, it was really crazy. It's Mario Party and we live for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This week, Mario Party rules are in effect. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Princess Peach is just shilling stars. 
Um, this was cute. This was great. And, you know, a lot of times it is hard to hear the same song twice, but I think they did a good job. By the way, shout out to Leland. I think this is a really fun, mm-hmm. funny song that's cheeky and filthy just in the right way. Yeah. So now let's quickly chirp and burp these runways. On this podcast, Guy, we chirp the looks if we like them. We burp them if we're not feeling them. Okay. Category is Neon Nights First Up Starlet. Okay. What'd you think? I mean, chirp. It's a it's a cute look. Absolute she, chirp. She sold it in no way. Yeah, totally, totally. It's giving um, Dr. Seuss's the borax. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, but she is so sleepy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gonna chirp it for sure. And man, she was bothered later. We'll get to it. John Burr's Blonde giving Picasso no, she better don't. What'd you think? Uh, burp. Yeah, it was kind of messy, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it didn't sell neon to me. I, I, like, I like drag queens trying to be the arty ones, but I didn't feel like this sold it at all. Yeah, you're right. It's not the most gorgeous. When you look at the what everyone else is giving, like maybe on a lesser season, you'd be like, oh, this could this is this might be a chirp, but when you see what the other girls are wearing, it might be a burp. It's a leather jumpsuit and a smock. <laughs> also, yeah. it may be separates. I believe it's separates. I think you're right, it's separates and yeah, some maybe that that j- jacket. I don't know if that jacket looks filthy cool, it just looks filthy. Yeah. <laughs> Next baby. I mean, what a resigned chirp from me. I mean, it, like, I feel self-conscious about this chirp. I have to chirp it because I love it. it is arresting. Like, it is truly too much. And there are, like, a bunch of things that I take aesthetic umbrage with. But altogether, <laughs> I'm like, I want to look at no one else but you. Yeah, she convinced me that she knows what she's doing. And yeah. I mean, that's her magic. But like the hair, the colors, I'm here for a Nickelodeon vomit almost always. Yes, and it's fucking neon. That was the fucking challenge. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you think a few less feathers, but yeah, it's a chirp. Uh, and her and FK Twigs, that was very cute. That was lovely. Sminty drop. Um, what'd you think of this? I don't even know how to explain this. Naked, but also Victorian leather slut. Uh, burp. Like, yeah. it, it just wasn't a lot. It was the equivalent of like season four when they would wear a bodysuit with like, you know, one thematic thing dangling off of it. Mm-hmm. We get it. You have a cute little body. Very um, max. She's weaponizing her thinness and yeah. I'm, I'm not having it. I mean, I liked I liked the nails joke that um, uh, what's her name Michelle said at the end. Like that was very funny. Yeah, there were some pretty good. There were some pretty good. They're having a good time with yes, the puns, implying time. that she had fisted Snuffleupagus. I like that. Yes, I like that. I'll burp it too. I'm not. I'm not giving you points for uh, doing doing this. No, get out of here. Next, we have the gorgeous Black Pepper. Okay. Wow. When, when I was watching it initially, I assumed it was a burp. And then I mm. saw the way that it fit her body and I realized mm-hmm. it's a complete chirp. Yeah, the texture of it. I I mean the back, I noticed there's some messiness on the back they're not really calling out, which I'm fine with. But I I was taken immediately. I was like the size and scope of this is shocking. It, it looks truly as though paint had been poured over her tits, and yeah. I love that. 
and and also the scope of the hat and the hair is so 1977 Diana Ross. It's amazing. And that's an that's a quick way to Rude's heart. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. There's some stuff Rue's going to love every time, and that's one of them. Rue likes it if you have read the classics. Yeah, she does like that. She does. She enjoys that. She enjoys and and joke with them on the runway. I am shocked when a girl doesn't joke back, right? There's always that opportunity where they say something funny to you, at least try to joke back instead of just going, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) No. Copper top. Giving, okay. they said, they said Victorian Marge. I agree. Um, it is honestly a chirp for me and uh-huh. I'm not proud of it. But when Michelle said the line about, I didn't know that the Miami dolphins were doing couture. <laughs> like it does just come down to, I love the color combination and I think it's a, it's a little much and it's a little dorky, but the color ca- combination is so riveting that I still like the look. I have to agree. And I mean, it's, there's some very interesting risks here with this, like this, like fit like the fitted coochie, but like the like balloon pantaloon kind yeah. of cutouts. That's pretty pussy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chirp. It's wild and crazy, but I, I got to give it a chirp. Danny bid. I got to say it's a burp for me. Really? Okay. Tell me why. Um, I just thought, I, I'm sorry, I'd forgotten about the bubbles. The bubbles were really good, but it's like Space Girl mini dress is a thing I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And like, I realize it's a good, like, it, it dovetails well with neon, but I think it dovetails too well with neon. You know, mm. it's like, this seems a little first thought for neon. Interesting. I see what you're saying. It's like like future of drag, and it's like okay, yeah, we know exactly what you're you're gonna do. Chrome yeah. and neon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. That's I didn't even consider that. I am gonna give it a chirp. I just like the construction. I like the yeah. little neon plastic pieces. I like the hair, and I could be swayed by her, even just the uniqueness of her face makeup, which is you know very kiss kiss. Yeah. I'm going to well, give it also, a chirp. And I also just really respected the bubbles and the nails as creating a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for her. She seems like she's going to slay Snatch Game, right? Yeah, we hope. absolutely. Okay, holy shit, Cheddar Gorgeous. Fu- neon Fungi. I mean, the chirp of the night. Like, yeah. I was in love with it that like taking neon and bringing it together with something as earthy and woodsy, but also as unnatural as mushrooms was brilliant and psychedelic. Um, The moment when she blew some spores, I mean, that is eleganza. That is drag. That is fantasy. And that is shutting down the ballroom. Yeah. Yeah. And it weirdly reminded me of, I guess it's in the zeitgeist right now because remember Evie oddly had that really gorgeous led mushroom dress. Yeah. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Shrooms are in. Um, But yeah, it's really stunning. And she does that thing that some drag queens do where I say, how did you know that would look good together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's a real artist. She's going far. Chirp. (laughs) And they had had a lot of fun with these mushroom puns. Dakota Schiffer. Okay. I don't know why, and maybe it is just because she's tiny and cute. Mm-hmm. This is a chirp. Like, and I don't understand why Danny was a burp, but this is a chirp. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of like the fact that 
this is runway, but also she could be going to the mall. Yeah, you're right. I bought it when she gave the video game references. She's talking Pokemon. She's giving me Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Yeah, I buy well, and, it from her. And the ja- the jacket has just enough drama. Just enough drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I would definitely chirp it. It's not I'm not it's not going to I'm not going to remember this for weeks to come, but mm-hmm. it's a chirp. Yeah. Live. Okay, now we have LaFill giving a neon Naomi Campbell moment reference. Um I like the look on its own out of context would be a burp from me, but <laughs> the, like the magnificence of the bag of chips. Um, yes, <laughs> it, it it truly was gorgeous to me. Like she yes. really sold it. That was drag. The trust she put in that bit with the little uh, bedazzled hand claw is pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chirp, and I really like the makeup and hair, and it's it's pretty wild. And the the underneath is an homage to classic Naomi of the past, right? I did. Oh, I think. Oh, I guess so. I was just so gagged that they immediately were like, yes, we're referencing a hard time for Naomi Campbell. Were. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they, she was just on the show, which I was like surprised at how flippantly they were like, yeah. Wonderful. Next, of course, uh, Miss Pixie. What's her name? Perfect. Polite. Pixie Polite. Um, giving very Splatoon. It's giving me neon Splatooned all over my pants. What do you think? Uh- I, this is a burp. I do not know that that is neon. I think we are maybe working with like uh, things that are primary adjacent here. That was my primary problem was that I didn't. I mean, the green, I guess, is neon. But like I, that red is just red. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's kind of magenta. It's not neon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I was torn because like on first on first glance, I was like, that's really pretty. Oh my God. Gorgeous, big green hair. I like, and, and frankly, I was like, she's doing, she's, she chose a really, I think a really elegant silhouette for her body type. Well, uh, no, that's the thing is that I need to respect that this is a big girl who truly understands fashion and who can cinch a waist. Yeah. She has brought several waists to this show and I respect that. But my just sort of like visceral response the first moment I saw it was like, that ain't neon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to, I respect that. I'm going to give it a potentially, light. Potentially it is me tearing down the fat gay community because of my own. <laughs> it could be. And that's why you should watch bros <laughs> in theaters today. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to give it a light chirp, but I, I think very valid points. So as we said, we know we have the decision time. We know that six people win today. Ha ha ha. It's very funny that six people have badges and none of them are baby. Very funny. (laughs) But that such is Drag Race. Um, I I loved the ridiculousness of it so much. There are now like four queens there who have to feel like they are out of the running. And it's super fun. I also love the drama of just... Um, Queens of the Bone Age won and you're immediately down to five and we all know two of them were good at the job. Like, yes, it it was pretty fun. It's a bloodbath. And then obviously it just leaves those three to decide who is dead. Uh, It leads to that fun fight where everyone's like, I'm dead. No, I'm dead. Um, Yeah, this was pretty fun TV. Poor Starlet. We know she's in the bottom. 
And she says she wears face tapes, which is why she can't be expressive. Take the fucking face tape off. You're 23. It's so fucking dumb. Nothing bothers me more than when somebody cries on the first three episodes of Drag Race. (laughs) It's like, this savior crying. But it really was like she had an opportunity to start telling the story of her journey and like did not take the opportunity. And it's really rough. When they tell you you're not giving us enough emotion, that's when you need to find whatever trauma you have and offer it up to the viewing public. Yeah, she withheld. She, which is, that's a mistake a lot of young people make. You know, she like, Uh she withheld, she kept her cards close to her chest as opposed to like giving, this is the chance to be vulnerable. The thing is, is I feel like Starlet, when doing confessionals in boy drag, like had a cheeky energy that I never quite got in drag. Isn't that funny? And and maybe it is about the tape, but I also think it's just about not being an experienced performer. I agree. I agree. Cause there's a way to do dry. There's a way to do this thing, you know, in a way that's a little bit more performative, you know, that's not just sleepy, sleepy, sleepy. I mean, that said the Irish guy, something blonde, John um, J- John Benet Blonzy. <laughs> <laughs> like he truly needs to figure out what he's doing. Like <laughs> he gave a lot of he his lip sync was good, but like you truly need to have a better understanding of who you are as a drag queen so we can understand it. Do you feel like she's trapped between comedy, looks, what are you serving? Yeah, I mean she seems to be good at comedy. She seems to be like you know, have the capability of being a good performer. Um, but I don't know that I'm getting it clearly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, um, she's on, I have to admit, I, this is so mean, but when I saw this lip sync, I was like, I'm prepared for either of them to go. Uh You know, I wasn't like, Oh my God, this person has to win. No, I thought it was going to be one of those classic, um, Rue puts a baby girl on the chopping block and then baby girl comes through and then, uh, like rando leaves um on second episode and right that was not the case that was not the case i think they were just annoyed enough with starlet because you know rue said you know you're gorgeous and rue yeah. will do a lot for a gorgeous queen but she this this cow will not moo she won't she was not doing much well and also um like Jarson Blonde, Jean-Benet Blonde, whatever. Like, Jean-Benet Blonde has a mm-hmm. face with Burke character. Ramsey. Burke Ramsey, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that face, and I love that face when it, like, when it is serving me soul and energy. And I just want him to construct a better story around it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, I mean, you, especially in this song, it's like, that's what shocked me, too. But, like, this song is, gives a lot of opportunity for, like, I feel this, I feel that. Yeah. And then the fact that Starlet couldn't convince me of one emotion i was like you're dead you're dead she kind of pointed like she kind (laughs) of pointed sometimes and that's not a lip sync no no it's not we know pointer sisters are doomed um (laughs) but yeah so john benet stays we'll see what shakes out next week i'm very excited who is your winner of the season if you had to guess oh um baby baby oh Sorry, my fire alarm's going uh, off. Let me make sure everyone's alive. Be right back. Oh! No problem. Um, um, was it just a They're dead. 
They're dead. Who are you living um, with these days? I live with my fucking husband, if you can believe oh, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, like, part of me, I was like, does he still live with Gilly? And I, and I realized, like, everybody has nice careers, and that's probably not an option. But I like to imagine mm. that these things are possible. I It is possible. I love Gilly. I love Betsy. They live together now. Okay. Um, and I, I used to live together with them. Um, but, it, yeah, we're, the pandemic gave, gave me the old, let's move far away and get married vibe. I, what is your husband's deal? Are they an entertainer? <gasps> they are not, and it's great. They used to be in entertainment stuff, and uh, they have left it, and they do not, they don't miss it. You know, they, uh-huh. he, he likes to, he watches me suffer, and he goes, yeah, that's that's why I left, you know? Fair. Yeah, it's very fair, but um, at the very least, he is very nice at sympathizing with, like, you did. Our job is the only is one of the only jobs where it's like you did a great job. You are fired, uh-huh. and every the, the job is gone. Yeah, <laughs> you did nothing wrong, and it's over. No, being able to accept that is like the hardest part of this business, and it's what makes actors so weird and hard to deal with. Like, yes, you lose you have, it. You have to be positive in the face of horrible things. It's why they're always working out. You have to accept. <laughs> That's why they're always juicing their damn abs. Um, yeah, it'll make you crazy to accept the uncertainty, but also be optimistic of possibility. Yeah. It's really goofy. Well, I'm sorry I took us on that tangent. Um, I need to remind everyone, speaking of acting, where can people see you slay? Um, I'm in the film Bros in theaters now please go see it in the theaters so that um hollywood will think if they make gay stuff people will want to watch it a hundred percent i cannot i don't care funny it's really funny and the reviews really are like off the charts like it is funny laugh per second heart it's got everything literally i don't even give a shit if you hate guy go fucking watch the movie bitch Mono, am I allowed to know who you think will win this season? <gasps> yeah, <laughs> you allowed? Are they funny? It's like no, it's locked away in an envelope. The thing is, is like you have to be on this every week. I, I like I don't know if it's something you hold on to until later or something. That's very nice. No, no, I'm effusive. Um, I think is I think Peppa. I think uh-huh. Peppa is so obvious. Who did you say? Did you get beeped out? Did the- I said I said baby. I think baby or Cheddar, but I can see Cheddar being sort of like trip up on one of the challenges and i think uh-huh. when baby's bad baby's not gonna be that bad and baby will truly survive um a lip sync but also i think peppa will survive a lip sync yeah is peppa too obvious of a front runner that she won't win that i don't know yeah yeah i think those are a safe those are safe to say they're gonna go very far those three yeah i love it I love it. Well, Guy, um, if you love Guy as much as I do, go follow his amazing career. You're at Guy Branham on socials, right? I am at Guy Branham on socials. Amazing. So go follow Guy. Go watch Bros. Um, and if you like Drag Her Podcast, follow us at Drag Her Podcast on Instagram. And go give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast. Say some shit. I will read it on the air. That was really fun. Thanks so much. And thank you for properly starting me on this season of Drag Race. Now I will be able to keep up and talk about it. Well, till next time, my queens. Let the music play.
was a HeadGum Original.